Something's not right. The Marauder's transponder isn't relaying a signal. It was probably disabled by the thief who commandeered it. Well, then how are we going to track it? The ship's not important right now. We need to get out of here first. Quite correct. Besides, it is most unlikely that the Marauder will be recovered. What? Don't say that! We have to get it back! We can always acquire another ship. It is merely a mode of transportation. The Marauder's our home! We already lost Echo! We can't lose that too. Omega, we didn't lose Echo. He's just on a different mission. But he's not here. He's... he's not with us. We're supposed to be a squad. This squad existed before Echo was a part of it, and it will exist after. What is your issue? Once again, Bucketheads, Mevar Tigar, welcome to the 192nd Miners, Mining and Mines episode of Mandavision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out the small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandavisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Well, greetings. How is everyone doing? Um, technically, this is being recorded on Bad Batch Wednesday, but it will not be released to you fine people uh, until Thursday. It's It's been a day. It has been a day. Um, things got uh, crowded on the schedule, and I knew I was going to have to record later in the day. When the time came to record later in the day, then we then, we then ran into massive, massive technical issues. Um, this show is recorded with the assistance of a at least 11 years old possibly 12 year old macbook and um it's gotten persnickety in its old age there's a little bit of a duct tape and bailing wire effect going on here you know i can't update the ios any longer because it'll uh it doesn't it doesn't want to work with the programs that are required for this podcast so there's a very delicate balance a house of cards if you will to make sure that this podcast stays operational. Uh, and, and one of the cards became a little loose. It needed, a, it needed some uh, uh, um, massaging, some coaxing to get back up to snuff and, and, and get us to the point where we could record the show uh, without me having to try and figure something out with my phone because that would have sounded 
awful. I'm, I'm positive of it. Plus, it would have been a whole new thing that I would have had to learn, and that could have set us back months. Because <laughs> I am a slow, slow learner when it comes to technology. But we are here. The issues are resolved for the time being, and we are ready to rock and roll for another episode of Star Wars A Bad Batch. We are already on episode 9 of this season, second season, and... Um, Listen, let, let's 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 chat about it before we kind of like dive into the episode itself. Um, after our big massive two-part episode last week, that really set the stage for the coming of the stormtroopers, the end of the clone trooper program. Um, I'm not surprised they pumped the brakes and shifted gears into something else completely different. I am a little disappointed that they did that, though. I really thought there was an opportunity here to to sort of redirect the Bad Batch in a, in a different fashion, especially with the decision of Echo to leave the group, uh, because he wants to be aiding more clones now than, than his, his brothers in the, in the Bad Batch do. And I suppose that's the nature of this episode, right, is to explore uh, the fallout, not so much of, of what happened in the Senate with the end of the clone program and the beginning of the Stormtrooper program, but the, the, the personal fallout, the fallout within the Bad Batch itself, of Echo making the decision to leave the group and kind of throwing things out of balance. Uh, what you see in this episode is a lot of the of the batch arguing amongst themselves. Tech and Wrecker at each other, Hunter not really able to keep it together, and Omega dealing with 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 loss in a way that she's not accustomed to. You know, remember she views. We'll, we'll talk more about that. Her views of the squad versus Tech's views of the squad because that's that's sort of like our central element in this episode. I mean. It's sort of relegated to the B plot, but the A plot's not that compelling this week. I'm not. It, it just. It's just not. It's fine. It is what it is. Uh, it it falls into the uh, side mission category with the with the batch running errands for Sid, and I know a lot of viewers want to get away from that, and I understand. And I thought again, I thought maybe this would be the time for them to do that, but th this may be setting up the the eventual break breakup with Sid. We'll have to see how that pans out. We'll talk about that more later. All right, so with that sort of preamble in mind, let's go ahead and get into our particulars. Let's give credit where credit is due. This is Star Wars The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 9, The Crossing. Original air date today, February 15th, 2023. Written by Brooke Roberts, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva. Our cast this week, Dee Bradley Baker, Michelle Ang, and Rhea Perlman. Tight, tight casting this week. And then, like, Rhea Perlman's barely even in the show. It's mostly Dee Bradley Baker and Michelle Ang just knocking, knocking the lights out, all right? Our plot this week, the team tackles a risky mission on a hostile world. Eh, that's generous. That's, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how risky it is, and I'm not sure how hostile the world is, necessarily. It's just, it's just it's a bad situation. Bad situation. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what else about this, can I say about this episode before we kind of get into it? We get introduced to, I, I believe this is our first introduction to another energy source in the Star Wars galaxy. This is Ipsium. Uh, why we couldn't just use something that we're familiar with, like coaxium or whatever, I, I, I don't know. But it, it's another source, another material out there that, that is of value to people in the galaxy. Again, we, we focus on Omega's point of view of the squad versus Tech's point of view of the squad and, and sort of uh, how they come into conflict with each other. It is sort of a Tech episode. You know, the the cold, rational member of the squad having to confront being emotional and having to think about the way he processes 
uh, loss is very different from the way Omega's processing loss. And that's kind of where we're going with this episode. Uh, because by and large, again, like I said, I think the A-plot's kind of meh. So we'll just focus a lot on the character stuff, all right? So you know what that means. It is time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. This operation would use a well-placed detonation. A small amount of Ipsium would be more than enough. Well, we had a small amount, but somebody dropped it. Fine. Since losing the mineral was my mistake, I will search for any potential extractions within this mine. That's not the only mistake you need to fix. Yeah. Go check on the kid. But she said she wanted to be alone. Look, she's clearly having a hard time adjusting to Echo leaving. Talk to her. Very well. So the batch has been dispatched to a, a unnamed planet where Sid has acquired a mine of Ipsium, Ipsium that she has dispatched the team to recover for her. So she's sending them on a mining quest. That's, that's odd. <laughs> that seems very odd to me. Uh, they park out of sight of the mine entrance, which will be something that is bad news very, very shortly uh, because Sid has warned them about poachers now, my definition of poachers is different than Sid's. I would probably call ship thieves ship thieves or, or bandits of some sort to maybe be a bit more mindful of where you park your ship. And you'd think, with a bunch of uh, sophisticated clone troopers, including Tech, a highly advanced, technologically you know, knowing person, uh, they'd have a, like a Viper alarm system or something on the, on the Marauder. That's neither here nor there, and perhaps this person who stole the ship is more sophisticated than tech even. I guess we'll find out. Hopefully we'll find out. This episode feels like it should have been back-to-back uh, -back episodes like last week's uh, because we, we leave in a very nebulous place uh, with a lot of questions. And I would assume this is not the last time we will see the, the, the Marauder, uh, nor will it be the last time we find or we, we see this, uh, this mysterious being who stole the Marauder. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I wanted to talk about that, the, the ship issues, real, real quick, because I will probably forget. <laughs> but the ship being stolen is, is, is another element in, in Omega's psychological uh, kind of breakdown in this episode. You know, Echo leaving the group and now the Marauder, their home, uh, is, is, is taken from them. And this is a lot for Omega to process. And Omega's being very emotional about this. And, and, and rightly so. She is a child. She's going through things. Like, this is not loss on the stage of, of death and, and grieving, but this is this is loss in a different sense of, of someone willfully removing themselves from the family, like, like an estranged family member, and then a home being taken away. It, it's it's a different level of loss. It's a different process for Omega to go through, and she's she's experiencing these things for the first time. And we're going to we're gonna throw that up against the way tech processes uh, loss and, and moving on, and, and his very kind of cold and calculating way of looking at things and, and adapting to the situation and, and kind of moving on without that emotional attachment. That's what comes in the conflict here. But as I said in the beginning of the show, the episode, there's more to it than just that. I mean, the, the group is ostensibly off balance without Echo's presence, right? You know, they, they seem to kind of reform themselves all right when, when, when Crosshair stepped away in season one. Um, they, 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 again, it was a lot, a lot more of a life and death situation at the time. For, for them to make their escape from from Camino at uh, and they 
offset each other well enough. But the loss of Crosshair at first and now Echo seems to be a lot for the group, and they're they're kind of at each other's throats a little bit, particularly Tecker, uh, Tech and Wrecker, and and Hunter's having a hard time pulling them pulling them together, keeping the team together in that sense, and. Omega doesn't understand why they aren't processing these things in the same way that she is. And so you have um, that, that sort of family member, that family perspective versus the perspective of the soldiers. And, and Tech in particular, who's cold and calculating and, and is less emotional than the other characters in the, in the, uh, than the other members of the team. So that, that's sort of our, our, our emotional core of this episode, them sort of dealing with these things, processing these things, talking about these things, trying to move, move the team forward. Uh, the mining stuff is, is you know, it's, it's meh to me. I, was, I wasn't completely enamored with it. Um, you know, Sid's mind's depleted. She's been conned. Uh, once they, they take what little Ipsum they can. Uh, and then the, the weather pattern that they saw initially when they arrived on the planet that they thought was moving away has changed direction, has gone back towards the mine. And they find themselves in, in a narrow canyon, crevasse, reminiscent of what we saw uh, the Mandalorian and Grogu in in episode two in season one of, of, of the Mandalorian. Uh, this time we get a stampede of, of local creatures getting away from the storm, causes the Ipsium to uh, be dropped once, Wrecker recovers it, after the stampede, then the storm's coming into the canyon, and they find another mine to enter. Uh, this time, uh, Tech has the Ipsium case, and he drops it, and a bolt of lightning causes it to explode, which triggers a cave-in, locking them into this uh, adjacent mine to Sid's mine. Now, this mine was just wide open, which seems odd to me. Uh, it, 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 at first, it appears to be like Sid's mine to be vastly depleted, but after the sound clip where Omega decides to go off on her own and do a little exploring... Uh, she finds a, a a thin wall. It knocks down, and she finds a, a fairly vast deposit of Ipsium. And they, as Tech just told us, we know that a small amount of that Ipsium will come in handy for clearing the blockage. Except they never get to that point, because once they retrieve enough of that Ipsium, uh, Omega falls off the perch, plunges down into the depths. And, uh, you know, all credit to Tech. Despite their... Uh, they haven't made up at this point, you know. They sort they're sort of working, um, not out of spite necessarily, but like there's a very there's there's a tension there, as they work with each other to collect the, as much ipsium as they can. Uh, but to Tech's credit, once Omega falls, he goes right in after her, and of course we plunge down into this this uh, underground aqueduct reservoir river, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they they wash away to the another to the other end of the mine, and the ipsium is when you when you see it in the walls while Omega's doing the extractions, it's it's very gorgeous the way the the CGI has it all lit up very nicely and stuff like that. But the true spectacle of this episode, visually speaking, uh, comes into effect once Omega uh, once Omega and Tech crash into the into the giant pool at the end of the river, uh, and you see like this this basin of water illuminated from below by a massive vein of Ipsium and and the lighting on that is is glorious and and you know we've talked in the past about how you know there there are certain episodes of this show that really stand out uh, from a from a graphics perspective with the visuals and this is another one of those elements that's just really really nicely done it's it's beautiful to see and when uh, Omega and Tech are on the little beach there waiting for Hunter and Record to show up with uh, with their supplies uh Having that light and the motion of the water cascading against the character's features 
again, it's lovely visually speaking. Uh, and this is another episode where, where Kevin Kinder's musical score really uh, just knocks the socks off of, of, you, of anyone listening here. There's a little bit of, of, of kind of like Spanish guitar and, and a little, little cowboy thing at the end, you know, when they, when they get to the, the spaceport. Getting ahead of myself once again. But, <laughs> but it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's not a bad episode by any stretch. It's just sort of a meandering one in, in, in a sense because, like, the mining plot is meh. It, it really is. I like the characters' emotional conflict with each other. I like Tech and Wrecker off balance with each other and, and kind of going at each other a little bit. And I like seeing Hunter sort of struggle trying to figure out how to keep the team together. Uh, and then, obviously, Omega. Uh, Omega's the, the heart of this team, right? And so when your heart's crying out and they're not listening, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it creates a very interesting dynamic amongst them all. They, Hunter and a Wrecker can, at the very least, see the kid is suffering, not being able to process Echo's willing choice to leave his, the family, in, in, in essence. Uh, so while there's not a lot of great resolution as far as Omega's feelings on these things go, I do like when when Tech finally sits down to explain sort of how he has to process these things in his own way. And and that's sort of another element to this to the story here is that we all process these things in different ways, you know? It's 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 I don't want to say childish because that that seems demeaning to Omega, but she doesn't understand why Tech doesn't feel the exact same way as she does. And and we all process loss and grief in, in very different fashions. Uh, and that's an important thing to remember here. And so so Tech trying to explain himself, why he processes these so differently than her, I, I thought was very, very interesting. So I did like this element. And I'll, I'll go ahead and play this scene for you all right now. Check it out. Except we still don't have the Marauder or a way off this planet. And we can't contact Echo for help. We do not need help. We will figure out a solution, as we always do. Everything is changing, and you don't even care. I am not sure how I should care about change. It is a fundamental part of life. Echo left. Why doesn't that bother you? I am aware that you miss him. But we have to adapt and move on. That is what soldiers do. We're more than that. We're a family. Aren't we? Well, I... Uh, yes. Yes, of course we are. Then why don't you act like it? Echo chose a different path, as did Crosshair. I have to respect their decision. Even though it can be difficult to understand, we must carry on. I may process moments and thoughts differently, but it does not mean that I feel any less than you. All right, there we go. Now... Wrecker and Hunter are going to arrive, and they'll figure their way out into the spaceport. Um, <laughs> so there's not a lot else to say. It's all kind of like right there. This is the is the heart of the episode. This is what it's all about. Is is sort of the Bad Batch now figuring out 
their new place in things. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised by Omega's reaction to Echo leaving, uh, only in the sense that, like, Echo has sort of been hinting at this for, for the duration of Season 2, that they need to be doing more. And, and Omega's been privy to these conversations as well. So it's, it's a little surprising that they were just okay going back to Sid, despite the fact that we're already establishing the fact that Sid's going to burn them at some point, and that living hand-to-mouth working for Sid is not any sort of, of freedom from the Empire, any sort of way to live their lives with the sense of having freedom. So, like I said, this is inevitably coming to an end, uh, and we get a little taste of that once the team hits the spaceport and they get the long-range communications back up and running. So let's go ahead and check in on that because, again, the, the relationship with Sid is about to end or be significantly altered, I think, in the very near future. Range transmission with that array. No can do, fellas. I'm tied up at the moment. You'll have to figure it out yourselves. Sid, you sent us on this mission. Well, I didn't tell you to get your ship stolen, did I? Sid, we need your help. Just like we helped you regain control of your parlor from Roland Durand. And when we cleared your sizable debt with Malegi. I didn't ask for recap goggles. Alright. Give me a few days and I'll see what I can do. We don't have enough rations to last a few. Alright. So that's good. That's good. We'll stop it right there. Um, yeah, things with Sid are going to definitely be coming to a head here pretty pretty darn quickly here. And uh, I, I th the, the writing's been on the wall with that relationship for a long, long time. I'm curious to see how it plays out. Does Sid burn them first? Or, or do they just walk away from her? Uh, we'll see what happens. It, it, again, it feels like this episode uh, ends in a fashion that it should pick up right at the next episode with them still at the spaceport. But I could also see a way in which that they're back at Lord Mantell. Uh, Sid's reaction to them, telling us, <laughs> telling them that it's their fault. I, again, I, these things kind of clip at me a little bit. And again, it's not. They weren't even sent on a mission. They were sent to go mining. What kind of mission's that? That's crap. <laughs> So I, I know I'm being pretty harsh on this episode. Uh, the A plot just doesn't work for me in this one. Uh, the, the B stuff is fine. I, I like the character stuff. I like Tech and, and, and uh, Omega exploring their processes for, for loss. It's, 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 that's all fascinating to me. That's all interesting. That's all good stuff to me. Uh, another observation I have for this episode uh, is that I, and I feel like the changes have been, been gradual or else I've just not been noticing them as starkly as I did in this episode. But the modifications, the changes to the Batch's armor uh, seem much more pronounced in this episode. And again, maybe it's that I've, I haven't noticed it as much. You know, it seems like they've been kind of gradually modifying, lightening their color tones, uh, uh, breaking away from, from the standard uh, clone trooper armor that they were wearing at the beginning of Season 1. Uh, and, and steadily they're customizing their armor to suit them more and more moving forward that that seemed to really stand out to me in this episode like i said i i, I can't swear to it that it wasn't been, it hasn't been in earlier episodes and i just didn't catch it but it stood out a lot more in this episode because uh a lot of this episode is lit very very well in the in the beginning parts of the episode particularly when they were first arriving on the planet first entering the mine uh you can really see 
how each member has been changing their armor, the color schemes, different little paint things here and there, uh, Hunter's modifications to his, his vibroblade on his arm. Like, lots of, lots of different little nuances there that I really, really like seeing. And, and Tech sort of scaling back his armor in a sense, a lot more of exposed leggings and things of that nature, making him a little bit more mobile um, and, and, and uh, less armored up, I suppose. Just something I, 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 did, I did observe in this one. Again, you might be able to call me out and be like, they did that four episodes ago, man. You why didn't you catch that? And I'll just say, okay, I didn't catch it. <laughs> but it stood out to me more in this one than in the previous ones. Again, I think it's been more gradual, but call me out. That's okay. Um, what else do I want to say about this one? Like I said, I think we're going to find out more about this poacher who stole the Marauder. I, I, I sincerely doubt it's the last time we see the Marauder. I would not be surprised if we see the Marauder in the next episode. We learn more about this quote-unquote poacher, or ship thief as I like to call them, possibly bandito. Uh, and and we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I would be surprised if we don't pick up in the next episode right where this one leaves off. However, I was surprised that we didn't pick a little bit more up right where we left off after the last episode. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, by and large, though, Again, we're nine episodes into this season, and I'm liking it very, very much. This is the first one where I sort of feel like it's a bit of a misstep. I feel like it was a bit of a, a missed opportunity to sort of carry on the heavier thematic elements of the last episode with the end of the clone program and the beginning of the Stormtrooper program and still being able to deal with, with Hunter, I'm sorry, with Echo stepping away from the team. You still could have had this emotional element to the story, but in a different fashion without them sort of being... Uh, dispatched on a weird mining quest by Sid. But again, we it may have something to do with them kind of foreshadowing the end of that relationship with Sid moving forward. We'll, we'll have to see how this all checks out, how this all pans out moving forward. But by and large, that's the episode. Um, and I'm being, I think I'm being a tad generous, but I'm going to give it seven buckets, but I kind of want to give it six. So I'm somewhere, maybe we'll split the difference, call it six and a half buckets. Let me know what you think of this one. I, I'm definitely interested in, in everyone's opinion on this one. Uh, and let me know if there's an element that I missed or if I overlooked some kind of uh, 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 emotional element that, that, uh, that uh, I neglected to discuss on this one. I would be very curious to hear more opinions on this particular episode of The Bad Batch. But again, by and large, having a good time. And let's also remember some good news because we're like two weeks away from season three of the Mandalorian. Get ready. Get the ready, okay? All right, my friends, this is a reminder that this is the Mandivision Podcast. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom, and I want to thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. We couldn't be here without you all and the kind support you've given us over the years. Find us on social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandivisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you want to support the show with some great reviews, five-star reviews, those are vitally important to small independent shows like us. They help us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle, and we truly appreciate anyone who takes the time to do that. All right, that being said, hopefully we'll be back today of podcasts next week. Fingers crossed. Technological issues permitting will be just fine, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday of next week. In the meantime, have a great time out there. I haven't said this in a while, but I do want to remind everyone to be great Star Wars fans, be kind Star Wars fans, be supportive Star Wars fans. Because again, The Mandalorian is starting again, and, and, and that will thrust 
Star Wars back into the center of the pop culture um, 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 <laughs> landscape. And, you know, we're going to get a lot of, of new fans, fans, casual, kind of casual fans that are just coming back in because they like Grogu and they like Din Djarin and they want to see what's up with Bo-Katan. So this is a good time to be welcoming and supportive of those people that are coming back into the franchise who maybe haven't been here since season two. Maybe they didn't watch Book of Boba Fett. You know, they have no interest in the animated stuff. We want to welcome them, kind of get them back, help them get up to speed, and help them get a deeper appreciation of Star Wars just by being supportive and welcoming them to the fandom, all right? So that's that's that big reminder. And with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Remember, this podcast only ends one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I suppose you'll be heading out. I'm not. You should. It's against the creed. I gave you my word. I'm with you until we both fall. You really buy into that bent of thought of? I do.